Hey, kids, you know what time it is? It's your main man Andy here on this Uncaged special. Uh, it's a bit of an odd one because it's just me at the minute. But don't worry, I do get joined shortly with Willie the Weasel himself. That's right, following on from this week's picture pod where we discussed Willie's Wonderland, I get to sit down with the voice of Willie the Weasel, the musical editor, the composer of the film. I get to have a chat with Imoir all the way over in California. I'm not going to lie, I was absolutely bricking it. It's the first time I've ever interviewed anybody, but it was a great experience and I sincerely hope you enjoy it too. So I'm delighted to announce that I'm joined by Imoir, who plays Willie himself. Willie the Weasel is with us. I cannot tell you how exciting that actually is. <laughs> it's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I'm excited. So whenever we get a new guest on, we've got three questions that we like to ask everybody. Sure. The first question, because we're a Nick Cage podcast, is what is your favourite Nick Cage film? Wild at Heart. Oh, what a choice. I love Laura Dern as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so when you go to the cinema, or obviously we can't really go to the cinema at the minute, when you're watching a film, what is your snack of choice? Uh, I like salty popcorn with Reese's Pieces. I'm a big peanut butter chocolate person with salty popcorn. Oh, I like that. I'm going to have to try that myself. I love Reese's Pieces. They're amazing. Sometimes I just pour them right into the popcorn and you just get a salty, sweet bite. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I'm definitely trying that then. Brilliant. Uh, and the last question we have, if you could watch only one film for the rest of your life, what film are you watching? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, probably Return of the Living Dead. Excellent. I'm a big fan of the, the zombie genre myself. So, yeah, that's brilliant choice. I've seen that movie more times than I've seen any other movie. And I watch it a couple times a year and it, you know, never gets old. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm uh, Shaun of the Dead. I, I love Shaun of the Dead. That is my go-to film. So I've always said that, like, within film, two of the most underrated roles in production of a movie is the editor and anything to do with the sound. Like, if it's bad, you know that it's bad. But when it's done right, you don't even notice it because it just it draws you into the world. So has working within the, the music side of film, has that always been your dream? Is that what Was that your dream job as a kid? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I've always wanted to do music. I've always loved music. And um, prior to Willie's, I had done a lot of commercial work, a lot, a lot of commercial work. Um, Willie was my first feature film. I'd done some short films and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the job of a composer, um, is to almost be invisible to a certain degree. It's to elevate what's there visually, um, but not stand out necessarily. And the same thing with an editor. If you're noticing a lot of the edits, same thing with a uh, cinematographer. If you're, if you're conscious of the shots, if you're noticing the edits, you're noticing the shots, you're noticing the music, then 
you're I I don't think those roles are uh, you know being achieved to the best of the ability. The best of the ability is to really make the picture and the story come through as clean as clear as possible. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. So, how did you get into working on Willy's Wonderland? Well, uh, a good friend of mine is uh, actually Grant Kramer, who was the um, he he played Mike Tobacco in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Wow! Did you, okay. did you ever see Killer Clowns? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So he played uh, Mike Tobacco, and Killer Clowns is one of my all-time favorite movies as well, besides Return of Living Dead. Um, and uh, and so years ago, like maybe thirteen-ish years ago, I, I actually met Grant. And uh, Im- immediately I recognized him and, uh, you know, we was making jokes and we just kind of hit it off and stuff. And we'd become really good friends. And I had always mentioned to him like, yeah, you know, I would love to score a feature film, but it would have to be the right feature film. And my, you know, um, my sort of style that I love to write in, um, you know, is, is this kind of eclectic, strange genre. So uh, he called he called me up. He said, hey, you ready to score your first feature film? I said, yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. What is it? And he's like, well, let me send you the script. So he sends me the script for uh, Willy's Wonderland. And I read it and just, I thought it was the best script. I've, I mean, I just loved it, man. Uh, Gio did a phenomenal job writing that script. And so I, um, I, you know, immediately called him back and I said, hey, man, I don't, I don't want to score this movie. I have to score this movie. Okay. <laughs> I have to. And we had a good laugh about it. And, um, and that was it. But basically, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I um, getting a getting a job in, in the feature film, getting your first feature film gig is kind of tough because it's mm. kind of a catch 22 where you can't do a film unless you've done a film and you can't do a film unless you've done a film. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, so, you know, to, to, to sort of cement my uh, my myself into the project, I started with the birthday song and I very mm. quickly came up with that jingle um, and the birthday song and Willie's jingle um, for this commercial concept that Kevin had had. And I sent that over and they all loved it so much that it was kind of like this thing where I was like, well, this, this, this has to be the Willie's Wonderland theme song. So I guess we have to hire this guy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, something like that. Amazing. So two of my favorite songs in the film, like, there's the scene where Nick Cage kicks the jukebox and then you get that country version of head, shoulders, knees and toes kicks in. It reminded me of like a Tarantino scene. So you get this really cool sounding song to this fight scene, except it's a child song. I was just blown away with that. I thought it was great. And the other song I loved, uh, Six Little Chickens at the End of the Line. Thank you. It, re- it reminded me of uh, Willy Wonka, you know, the wondrous boat ride. Mm-hmm. That it just had that real eerie, creepy feel to it. I thought they were both fantastic. Uh, what sort of what influenced you when you were making these uh, these songs? Well, um, so head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Originally, there was uh, they were that was supposed to be a licensed track, meaning they were going to go with a already made track there. That wasn't going to be my job. It was going to be. Um, it was going to be another track and they were looking at kind of some, some cool tracks, um, you know, that had like a cool vibe. It was like a kick butt kind of vibe. And, um, and, and so I kind of one weekend was thinking, I was like, you know, it's a kid's playland and what would be on the jukebox probably would be family songs. 
So how funny would it be? I was also watching the edit. And if you watch the edit, you know, you got this close up on Nick's face. You got this close up on Cammy's face, you know, the eyes, the, all that kind of stuff. It kind of goes around to sort of the anatomy, right? It's, it shows his feet walk up and all this kind of stuff. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this is kind of, I'm like seeing head, I'm seeing shoulders, I'm seeing, you know, toes. <laughs> and, um, it would be really funny if it was a kind of kick butt version of head, shoulders, knees and toes. So um, I worked on it over the weekend and I didn't really tell anybody I was working on it. And I sent him an email. I was like, happy Sunday, you guys. Um, here it is. And I sent it out to the team. And I think they all laughed so hard that it just had to be in there. You know what I mean? Because it's you. It does almost doesn't sound like it's head, shoulders, knees, and toes when it starts off, right? It's like ding, 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 and you're like, oh, what's wrong? And then all of a sudden it goes head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees and toes, right? And it's got the um, the the whole thing. So it's kind of it's. it's it, I just thought it really played up to the comedy of it all, kind of the dark satire of it all. And then um, Six Little Chickens, um, I was actually really sick. I thought I had COVID when I wrote Six Little Chickens. I was in bed. I had this horrible migraine. And um, and uh, the, the picture had already been shot and edited, right? Mm. So I'm looking at this little scene and they're kind of like, yeah, this is where, you know, Willie is going to have his solo. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, oh gosh, what, what, what do I write about? You know, what, what do I, what do I come up with for this? You know? And so I kind of looked at the picture and... Um, and I saw that, like, okay, these people just fell into his house, what into his den. What if this was his sort of warning song to them right before they're about to get skewered by Nighty Night, right? Mm. So um, I looked at him. I was like, okay, well, you know, kids' songs, they love chickens. They love these kind of things. I'm like, so six little chickens, four roosters and a couple of, I mean, uh, um, uh, four, sorry, two Two roosters and, a, and no wait what what is it again? <laughs> Sorry, <a> um, <laughs> six little chickens. What is it? It's two no two roosters, four hens, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So so anyway, the because uh, there's four girls and two boys. I think I think that's correct. Anyway, so what ends up happening is is uh is that I I decided to write this thing where Willie sings this song to them that's like a warning to them they're about to get eaten you know, kind of thing and, and falling into the weasel's den. So I was really sick. I was laying in bed and I actually just wrote it as a melody in my head. I was just laying there going six little chickens at the end of the line, six little chickens. And then when I finally got better on Monday, I went and sat at the piano and found the melody underneath it. And, uh, mm. and yeah, like, uh, like the Willy Wonka kind of thing, I, I used like a lot of washed out symbols and really creepy metal hits to kind of bring, give it that undertone eeriness, even though the melody line is very yeah. sing-along. You know what I mean? Yeah, brilliant. Very ch children's sing-along. So I noticed when I was looking on IMDb that it's got you down as being the composer, sound editor, voice actor, and obviously you wrote the soundtrack. I can't work out if that is exhausting or exhilarating. <laughs> like it must have been amazing to get that role, but that's a lot of work to be getting through as well. <laughs> oh, it was it was a lot of work. I didn't work on anything that entire year um, from uh, in 2020. I, I and um, you know I I always say like if I if there was if even if there wasn't a pandemic, I wouldn't <laughs> have known because my life would have been exactly the same. You know, I did not leave the studio for um, you know for uh, for an entire year. So I. Um, yeah, I just, it was, it was exhausting. I was actually the music editor, which is a little different than the sound editor. The sound editor is a, uh, you know, the sound editor was Paul Audison on it, who did a phenomenal job, three-time Academy Award winning 
um, sound mixing, editing uh, engineer, incredible, incredible guy. Um, and, uh, but I did the music editing, which is basically, you know, a lot of times the composer will write these cues or what have you. And, um, and then the music editor will edit them to the new cuts as the movie continues to have cuts. The composer's not actually doing that. The composer continues writing and the music editor edits the music to the thing. So I was doing that as well as, and then of course the music editor delivers all the final music to the sound mixer, who's Paul, which I did all that as well. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was very tricky, man. It was very, it was, uh, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Um, but, uh, but it was definitely, um, a hugely awesome experience obviously yeah i mean you can tell that it was a proper labor labor of love from everybody involved in it i think the the heart that you put into the film it really it shone on screen and i thought it was amazing thank you so much yeah it it was a very passionate project um everybody working on it was very very focused and very very passionate about it i can tell you that you know um they really were yeah I mean, obviously, we love Nick Cage, which is why we do this podcast. Did you get to meet Nick? <laughs> Did you go on set, or I didn't get to? I didn't. I didn't even ever get to meet Kevin in the flesh, the director. You know, um, by the time I was brought on, the pandemic had happened. Everything was Zoom calls. Everything, you know, and that also made things a little trickier. You know, because you couldn't really. There's a certain um, energy you can get when you're working with people in person. You know, when you're talking about music, you're talking about creative things. And I wasn't able to um, I wasn't able to do that. Everything was just kind of like through Zoom, through, you know, telephone calls and what have you. Um, and so I think that added a lot of time as well to to the workload. Uh, things would have just gotten a lot faster if you could just have the director sit behind you. And while you're while you're going through the cues, you know what I mean? And and what do you like? What do you not like? But it was always kind of take it, post it wait, get the information back, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, no, I, I, I unfortunately didn't really get to meet anybody <laughs> working on this project, not in person anyway, you know, no, um, that's unfortunate. So obviously the film ends. Yeah. We, we don't know what's going to happen next. Do you think we're going to end up going back to Willy's Wonderland? Maybe get the characters back out. I think it's possible, you know, um, I hope so. Uh, I think it's really cool. You know, it definitely left it open there at the end um, where Sarah, you don't know what exactly happened to Sarah. You know, she kind of got blown back when she blew up the car, but we don't really know if she blew to bits or not. And then, of course, there's the ending, which which uh, which is Willie saying, you know, um, and remember, friends, the party never ends, you know, so maybe the party isn't going to end. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I, I genuinely think they could make a whole <laughs> franchise out of this. I, I want an animated Absolutely. series. I, I just want more. I loved it. <laughs> I, I was wondering, do you know why they changed the name? Because it was originally Wally's Wonderland, wasn't it? I believe so. They changed the name when I when I came on. It was Willie's. It was never Wally's for me. So I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, I was. Uh, yeah. Ever. Uh, the entire time I was on it, it was Willie's. Yeah, okay. I think I think they changed that before they. Yeah, obviously they changed it before they started shooting because the signs all say Willie's. So yeah, I came on after they shot. Right. Uh, so obviously you've now got your first feature film in the bag. What's next? More film work, hopefully, or is there anything in particular you'd like yeah, to do? I'm hoping so. Uh, look, looking at some projects right now. Um, definitely getting. Uh, 
um, some, some different, uh, irons in the fire and we'll see what's happening. Um, I'm, uh, I, I'm finishing up a couple commercials that I'm back to doing. Um, and, uh, and we'll see. Yeah. Hope, hopefully get something soon. Fantastic. Um, going that I can announce. Yeah. Is there any, is there any genre or actor, director, anyone in particular that you'd like to work with in the future? Um, you know, I love the genre that is, uh, I love the genre that is Willy's Wonderland, of course, like anything, you know, horror, wondrous, macabre, you know, um, I love dark humor. I love all that kind of thing. So, um, anything in that genre and, you know, I'm hoping to work with the same team I worked with on Willy's. I thought it was really, it was really great working with, with Kevin and Jeremy and Grant and Dave and everybody. Um, and, uh, so I would love to work with them again and, yeah, other than that, you know, I'm not sure about <laughs> other directors. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. So watch this space then, basically. Fantastic. So, uh, Imar, thank you so much for your time today. Again, really oh, appreciate my it. My yeah, we, we really course, hope we get to hear Willie again one day. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Cool. But anyway, thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the chat I had with Emo. Please make sure you've caught up on this week's picture pod where myself, Stu and Matt, we all throw heaps of love and praise upon that film. Willy's Wonderland is available to rent from Prime Video, YouTube, you know, all of your usual places really. This has definitely been one of the more fun films that we've got to do whilst doing this podcast and we definitely think that you should be checking it out. If you have seen it, of course, why not drop us an email or a tweet? The links are in the description. So for this Uncaged special, thank you so much for joining me. I shall speak to you all soon. Take care of yourselves. And remember, be excellent to each other.